0: in an oasis because I'm listening to WCBN-FN
1: Ann Arbor 88.3 on your FM dial yeah
0: Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley.
1: And I'm Jim Dwyer.
0: Running after that freight train. Oh, my God. <coughs> they come up at the most inopportune times over there near Fingerly. Anyway.
1: Yeah, and it's actually kind of ironic because otherwise the town is so empty. But there's ample parking everywhere. So if you have spare money to spend, I'm sure the Ann Arbor merchants would love it if you came downtown during this week. And by the way, thanks to those who did pledge their support to this program and to the radio station as a whole, and uh, that's absolutely vital. Um, look forward to receiving a mailing from the station regarding payment of your pledge and receipt of your wonderful premium gifts.
0: Yes, I saw the new t-shirts. They are in. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll start off very quickly with the Olympic hockey. What did you think? I expected during the final to hear, let's go Red Wings. <laughs> With that Swedish line, yeah. Um, and interestingly, they scored all three goals. Yeah. The Swedes did.
1: Yep. Uh, so it'll. to me, what I'm actually most interested in is how exhausted uh, Olympic hockey players might be. For example, the Wings' first game um, after the resumption of the regular season there is in San Jose. And to fly from Torino, Italy, to San Jose, California with just a day in between. <clears throat> I don't know how that's going to work out. But uh, I was really not surprised that the Canadian and the U.S. teams uh, bombed so badly as they did. It Kind of surprising, uh, I guess, a little bit on the Canadian team because Gretzky supposedly has the golden touch, although with his friendship with Rick Tockett and this stupid gambling scandal, um, Gretzky's choices and friends may be somewhat suspect. But those teams were both heavily laden with... Uh, skilled shooters um sharpshooters etc and no real chemistry no role type players and uh i just think that the expectations uh, particularly from canadian broadcasters were that it was in fait accompli
0: yeah to it win was, the gold. it was interesting to hear <laughs> some of don Cherry's comments of course he's the provocative uh sometimes xenophobic uh, soratorial expert on uh Hockey Night in Canada, and of course I watched a lot of the Olympic coverage over on the CBC. We're lucky here in Ann Arbor to have uh, extensive coverage like that because they uh, do it live. And of course, it is kind of bizarre uh, waking up at 8 in the morning to watch hockey live. But uh, in any event, uh, they pointed out that the uh, Canadian team really had been selected two years ago, and that was part of the problem. They, uh, probably a lot of those
1: guys were having off years.
0: I had some uh, a little bit too much meat on the lineup and not enough speed um, and certainly no chemistry as the uh, Nordic teams clearly I think Finland and Sweden deserved uh, the awards that they ended up getting. Yeah, I was rooting for Finland. They were playing the best overall, and uh, what else can you say, but uh I, I, You know, Gretzky's personal problems, I think, uh, were not, uh, not a factor. I sincerely believe Gretzky is not involved in the gambling scandal. Oh, I do, too. Uh, other than he may have uh, attempted to cover up uh, his, his wife's, wife's involvement, involvement, but uh, we'll say that's an act of love, not an act of corruption. Uh, I don't think there are any comparisons to Pete Rose. Gretzky's not that stupid. No. Uh, and I don't think he's that... Uh, Indecent uh, as Pete Rose, as some of the comparisons are being made between the two, but uh, I don't see that. Whatever was going on in uh, Rick Tockett's mind will uh, let the investigation go forward. But yeah. uh, I thought it was uh, actually a pretty impressive Olympics overall, you know, other than the women's uh, figure skating final being somewhat anticlimactic in terms of all the mistakes that were made.
1: I actually had a hard time getting... I was excited initially about the Winter Olympics because I do usually prefer the uh, sports involved to the summer games, but I found it really hard to care a lot this time, and I don't know if it was simply because of all the human suffering and war that's going yeah. on that, that makes the costs of such a thing as the Olympics seem a little bit uh, like a misplaced value. Um, and Obviously, as a hockey fan, I was interested in the turnout of that particular tournament, but, uh, yeah, th- there were some weird things about it. For example, <clears throat> in the opening ceremonies, which I didn't get a chance to talk about uh, having been uh, absent on the show a great deal this term, um, I found it very interesting that they chose to make a uh, homage to the Futurist Movement. Well, yes, this is a 20th century Italian art movement, but it's also one which has interesting and somewhat disturbing political uh aspects uh, connections to the kind of neo-fascist northern alliance and the futurism produced great art and uh, you know interesting intellectual uh, theories about art, but it also was a art movement that glorified war and the technology of destruction. so um, that was a little bit troubling to me, although the Ritchie Haughton music that they played. Uh, Windsor's Own Plastic Man, uh, during those opening ceremonies, was probably the coolest part of it. I wondered a little bit about hmm, futurism, maybe not the best art school to reference.
0: Yeah, well, I guess I didn't see either the opening or closing, but I heard that the closing had sort of a Fellini-esque parade, so maybe that was a better uh, person to attribute than the the futurists, because I have to confess I know very little about them. Fortunately, you do. And, of course, the burning question that still remains, has Berlusconi had sex since his uh, <laughs> his vow of chastity a couple of weeks ago in response to uh, running for re-election? What a nerd. Uh,
1: yeah, le- that anyone would take that seriously in Italy, of all places. I mean, uh,
0: sex is considered a meal there. Exactly, if not an aperitif. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: Uh, Let's give a brain damage award real quickly before we get into the uh, oddities that have been piling up from the Middle East, I guess. Um, George Will, I mean, I don't know if anybody really reads George Will anymore seriously, except for people like you and I who want to read it just to see how big of a knucklehead he is Mm -hmm. and can be. Uh, He had a column in uh, last week's Ann Arbor, reprinted in uh, Ann Arbor News, why conservatives are happier. And um, it's a attempt at a light-hearted, sort of a humorous thing about, oh, well, I'm going to uh, do a little bit of uh, social science here. And he has these groups from the Pew Research Center (laughs) that uh, while 34% of all Americans call themselves very happy, only 28% of liberal Democrats are able to make that claim. However, 47% of conservative Republicans are very happy. Well, first of all, he deserves a brain damage award because such... A statement is just ridiculous on its face. It's just not true. Um, I know mostly uh, liberal to left uh, persons, and th- most of them are quite happy.
0: We're just not happy with the uh, state of the political uh, scenery around here for the last 20 years, which <laughs> right. probably explains why the conservatives are more happy. They're reaping the, uh, the benefits of... Uh, Mostly uh, brain-damaged policies. I mean, right. here, here we have this bizarre uh, abortion uh, vote in South Dakota, uh, you know, <laughs> says uh, you can't even get an abortion in cases of rape and incest. Right. Um, and asserts that life begins at conception, which is biologically false. Uh, the metaphysics of it is uh, a matter of debate, but it strikes me as an imposition of religious beliefs on the public at large that uh, isn't... Uh, Factual at all. I mean, if uh, life begins at conception, we've got genocide going on, because obviously a pregnancy is defined as uh, actual implantation. But, of course, uh, sex science is uh, something that the conservatives want to do away with in school, and uh, they want to go with the ABCs of uh, this sort of teaching, as well as uh, all sorts of other strange things. And that's ABC, abstinence because... Yeah, because uh, we're conservative.
1: (laughs) So, George, well, you know, uh, you can think what you like and, you know, use your little column to what ends you may, but uh, if conservatives are happier, it's because they enjoy unique distinctions of uh, monopolization of power, and because many of them may be, in fact, clueless or oblivious, which is... uh, Widely noted as a state of bliss.
0: Well, and and it's even known that a very high percentage of the Bush voters in the last election uh, believed in this myth that uh, Saddam Hussein was connected to Al Qaeda, for instance. So, uh, fictions. Ignorance is bliss, I guess. Um, I don't know who said that. Shakespeare, probably, <laughs> but certainly not George Will. Um. So yeah, he's uh, I don't know he's he he strikes me as a has been over the hill. Um, I don't even is he still on the Sunday morning talk shows? You know
1: I think so, but I haven't checked lately.
0: But it was interesting. Uh, there was a study recently about them uh, the, uh, over the past twenty years, showing that uh, showing the blatant bias of how conservatives get their viewpoints on the Sunday morning talk shows, and liberals don't. Uh, conservatives are frequently paired against one another uh, with no progressive uh, dissent whatsoever. Uh And when progressives appear as the main guest, they are usually balanced by conservative journalists that are confronting them with
1: their own set of facts. And then ganged up on by the panel of ostensibly objective uh, commentators.
0: Right. As the study pointed out, the conservatives uh, are basically allowed a free reign on those shows. And the significance of the shows, of course, is they do set a lot of the terms of the public debate, which is uh, way too narrow uh, for most purposes. Uh, It's well known, for instance, that uh, women's groups, labor groups, environmental groups are called special interests, but corporations are not. They're uh, entitled to uh, buy their access to the uh, electorate through television advertising, and uh, no mention is ever made that they might actually be special interests. And indeed, they are uh, very special interests. The most specialist of all. Exceptional interests, perhaps. Um, <coughs> well, we were, of course, going to talk uh, a lot tonight about uh, Middle East issues. Of course, uh, the Middle East unhappily is a area of the world that uh, will, uh, I, I'm afraid, be with uh, all of us for probably the rest of our lives, given all the turmoil and problems that... Uh, just never seemed to go away. Uh, One thing I wanted to uh, maybe highlight uh, that I thought was interesting was this analysis of the recent elections involving Hamas um, by James Glanz that appeared in uh, the New York Times a couple weeks ago showing how Hamas benefited from the system of voting that they had. Fatah actually got more votes in many regions. But because they had more candidates on these block slates, uh, they ended up uh, getting outmaneuvered in the seats. So uh, the this uh, article is dated the 19th. It's got an interesting map of the uh, the West Bank showing and Gaza showing uh, these districts in question, and I think it's a fairly interesting, um, shall we say, fine print uh, beneath the headlines explaining what really happened in these elections. Um, as uh, one expert pointed out, block voting is "quote not an especially fair system." It has a kind of feeling of fairness because you're selecting your representatives in a very direct way." Quote unquote. Mr. Blank, um, who uh, did a study for uh, and has published a book for the uh, international, excuse me, International Institute for Democracy and Electoral Assistance in Stockholm, a mouthful in and of itself. Um, notes, for instance, that if the uh, system, this block voting system, had been used in congressional elections in Georgia, this is what would have happened. The 2004 Georgia congressional elections uh, with 13 seats up for grabs, 1.8 million votes were cast for Republicans who won seven seats and 1.1 million for Democrats who won six. But if instead block voting had been used, uh, the Republicans would have won all 13 seats. Um, democracy indeed so uh, some of these uh, arcane election laws are at the key of these so-called elections so uh, I, I urge uh, listeners to check this article out, it's very brief it's got an interesting map showing how was basically outmaneuvered in these uh, key precincts and lost an amazing number of seats
1: Yeah, it was outmaneuvered, and it's performed poorly. Um, You know, granted, (coughs) it's been made almost impossible for Fatah to advance any of uh, its agenda vis-a-vis the ongoing Oslo agreement. Um, And really, the vote so heavily favoring Hamas has not been represented, I think, accurately in the Western media, (coughs) uh, with the exception of, you know, Publications like the Nation or whatever that are going to give you a little bit more analysis um it's pretty much a none of the above vote in a lot of cases uh a, vo- of,
0: a vote against corruption yeah a vote against
1: uh, corruption and Hamas um the name, the name of which uh, <laughs> means zeal um is in a way similar to uh something like the origins of Hamas. Um, go back to something kind of like the Black Panther Party. It's a, you know, kind of a nativist, revitalist religious movement that attempts to do for itself what no government agency or body can or is willing to do. Um, And this has made a lasting impression on uh, increasingly frustrated Palestinians who recognize that, okay, Fatah has led to some corruption and very little in the way of uh, on-the-ground improvements for Palestinians, uh, Hamas gets a chance. And uh, I don't think the vote should be seen as a, uh, for example, a vote for the uh, destruction of Israel. I don't think most Palestinians uh, even consider that a possibility, let alone a desirability. Um, People just want to get on with their lives, and a new party is maybe... Uh, a way to send a signal
0: and it's interesting that since uh, the uh, success of Hamas in these elections there's been all this uh, shall we say strong arming by the American government no surprise uh, you know, that we're not going to deal with this organization because they're terrorists the funds have been cut off and it's my understanding that Saudi Arabia our uh, ostensible ally in the Middle East is uh, attempting to furnish funds to Hamas on their own, and, of, and course, Iran. of course the United States is trying to intervene to prevent this from happening, this after Israel had uh, curtailed some payments, apparently due to uh, the Palestinian uh, leadership there, because of Hamas's success. Uh, this is all, of course, uh, not hopeful in terms of the peace process going forward. I, I think it's fair to say that Bush, the Bush administration in general, has scarcely li- lifted a finger. Uh, in uh promoting peace in that region and it's uh, strikes me as a very uh misguided approach um, this solving this this two state uh, palestinian israeli conflict i think would do so much more uh in uh, in securing our security so to speak than all of these uh, Wars uh, of occupation and uh, intervention that, uh, you know, where the United States is trying to force democracy at the uh, pinpoint of a bayonet. This is obviously not working. Um, Iraq, you know, obviously is not uh, in a full-fledged civil war, but I think the incipient stages are there, the incipient aspects that uh, this somewhere down the line uh, will uh, grow into a civil war, and we've oh, seen... Oh, last week's attack on the Shia mosque is uh, its a real harbinger. And it shows that the United States really has very little power uh, there. The uh, ability to secure these areas is non-existent, and the influence, I mean, the, 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 it was the religious imams of both Sunni and Shiite uh, background that actually prevented this from escalating out of control. It's probably advisable to have a, a cooling-off period there for a couple of days with this curfew, um, but th- this occupation is a loser, and I think it's uh, increasingly obvious that uh, the United States must get out of Iraq, uh, ASAP, uh, declare victory if if that's what they need to do, and uh, leave. Well, the Democrats certainly might want to start articulating
1: such uh, a goal, Uh, to get some sort of political uh, grounding uh, with which to oppose uh, Republicans in the coming fall. But uh, just to linger over uh, the Hamas thing for a little bit longer, it's first of all kind of bizarre that Israel has the right and the power to uh, distribute these value-added taxes which uh, are owed to uh, Palestinian authority, Um, but... As of a report this afternoon on Free Speech Radio News, it's uh, believed that if uh, some sort of uh, cash infusion is not uh, forthwith uh, on its way to the Palestinian Authority, that it could collapse in two weeks. Certainly, if it does collapse, I think we will see an escalation in desperation and violent acts. And a report in today's New York Times uh, by Greg Meyer, Um, Israeli official says Hamas has made Abbas irrelevant. Well, this is familiar language. They once said that about Arafat. And uh, Rani Baran, an an Israeli government minister, said, quote, For the past month we have been talking about the Hamas honey trap. They will play with us with words and maintain their terrorist organization, or orientation, excuse me, Everything else is just talk. Well, from a Palestinian perspective, Oslo has been a honey trap, a sort of a promise that has led to nothing. And so, well, here you see the Hamas victory. It's interesting, too, to look back at a little historical uh, background on this. In the 80s, (coughs) Hamas actually received, and this is true, you can look this up, it sounds uh, somewhat fantastical, but Hamas was the... uh, benefited from some uh, low-level Israeli gifts of money to build education centers because at the time, the PLO was gaining credibility and wanting to kind of pit the one against the other Israel decides, well, let's uh, support this uh, fundamentalist movement in Gaza and that'll make life difficult for the PLO and it was a bizarre uh, way in which both Israel and the U.S. secretly favor, I think hardline terror groups because that allows the israelis or the americans to respond in kind and that negotiations are what is actually feared not the terror uh and take it back another historical step and look at the roots of some of the groups such as the ergun or the stern gang well these were israeli jewish terror groups in the late 40s and the ergun uh famous, probably most famous, for the uh, detonation of bombs which brought down the King David Hotel, killing dozens, and um, Menachem Begin, the you know one-time leader of the uh, Likud party, uh, came out of the Irgun organization, the Stern Gang. Yitzhak Shamir comes out of that. They assassinate all sorts of UN uh, fact-finders in the whole uh, 1948 uh, conflict there. So, you know, you could say that Like Hamas, the Likud has its origins in a terror militia. And yet now it is recognized as a respectable political party. So I don't see why what's good for the goose can't be good for the gander. I'm not a big fan of the Likud, but they have, you know, they enjoy respect and recognition now. I think Hamas deserves that chance to prove themselves as a political party.
0: Well, in fact, three of the top four, three of the only four uh, Likud leaders, have all been implicated in terrorism of their own, and I, of course, refer to Ariel Sharon. Speaking of honeypots, it's very interesting to go back, and you mentioned Greg Meyer, but back in July twelfth uh, of last year, he has an article about how Israel is seeking two billion, actually two point two billion dollars, uh, based on an article that appeared in Haratz. Um, in U.S. aid for Gaza withdrawal. So this is a honeypot. This is the American government subsidizing withdrawals that are actually supposed to take place under international law. And, and by the way, give us, us $2 billion more so we can comply with what we should have done uh, 35 years ago. And who paid for
1: those settlements? U.S. taxpayers.
0: So Indeed. It's a golden honeypot. So, uh, you know, when you look at... Uh, how Israel spends our money, it's its very troubling that we don't demand more accountability and more actual compliance with our goals in the Middle East, uh, which, of course, are somewhat obscured by uh, fantasies of our own regarding American power as well as uh, influence. Uh, you know, the Israeli government supported Hamas. Well, it's the U.S. government back in the 1980s, the same era that was supporting radicals in Afghanistan as well as uh, Saddam Hussein so this is a uh, turbulent region um, and politics makes very strange bedfellows as the saying goes.
1: Well indeed there's a recent article in uh, the latest
0: this two billion dollars by the way just just to fill in the details involved evacuating 9,000 settlers. Th- that is an amazing amount of money to uh, perform this duty. Th- these were settlers in Gaza at the time. And this is part of the Ariel Sharon plan at the time. He, of course, has um, <laughs> suffered some health setbacks, to say the least, uh, and, and no longer will be part of any Israeli government in the future. I think it's uh, safe to say that. But um, this is how Sharon created this um, and I can't even remember the name of this split off party that he created this sort of centrist group that uh is pursuing basically the security fence concept mm-hmm. of uh of uh dividing up uh uh Palestine so to speak in which and this security fence interestingly is an idea that is being promoted by many conservative republicans with respect to our southern border they want to build a 2200 mile long fence uh, along the Rio Grande over to uh, the Pacific Ocean to keep the Mexicans out. Well, <laughs> the California
1: economy will collapse if that should occur.
0: Well, it, it'll collapse, but it should also underscore that uh, Mexico ought to be a, a place that the the conservative Republicans feel right at home. After all, abortion is illegal there, and contraception is poorly practiced due to the hierarchical nature of the Catholic Church. The population problem in Mexico is obvious, in terms of its influence on illegal immigration. This issue, by the way, is never, never addressed in any public forum discussing immigration and why there are all these Mexicans trying to get into the United States. Uh, look up the population numbers. Uh, in 1940, Mexico had about 14 million people. Now they have over 100 million and the number that are actually living in the United States, both legally and illegally, is somewhere around 25 million. So this is astonishing population growth, uh, literally in two 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 and a half generations. And uh, maybe the South Dakota Republican Party um, should uh, confer with the uh, Vicente Fox government about their uh, abortion policies. Well,
1: I suppose Mexicans can thank uh, Pope John Paul II for his uh, visit there in which he encouraged uh, vastly propagating the nation and giving up on contraception altogether. Indeed. Just what Mexico needed. And by the way, Bush is traveling to India, where according to a report in the Financial Times, uh, there have been some millions of abortions because people, you know, trying to have smaller families in a very overcrowded country, um, trying to avoid daughters. So... I'm not sure if that's going to factor into our attempt to uh, strengthen our uh, relationship with India. Um, Who knows? Doubtful. But you mentioned uh, Ariel Sharon. Um, Don Knotts died again over the weekend. I was convinced he was already dead. Uh-huh. So. Uh, General